Welcome to MedEvidence, where we help you navigate the truth behind medical research with unbiased, evidence-proven facts, powered by Encore Research Group and hosted by cardiologist and top medical researcher, Dr. Michael Corin. Dr. Corin, the COVID vax boosters were in the news this week. A MedEvidence listener wanted your opinion about whether the government should recommend or mandate the booster. Great question. Thank you for listening, and thank you for that fabulous question. So let's break it down a little bit. So first of all, we have to think about what the government role in healthcare is, and we also have to think of what mandate versus recommend really mean. And keep in mind that our motto is the truth behind the data. So ultimately, we want to have an answer that reflects the truth for each individual. Okay, so let's start with mandates. Mandates generally don't work because of the psychology of mandates. When you tell people that you have to have to do something, people will say, okay, well, why do I have to do it? Is there a way around me having to do it? They lose the fact that this may be in their best interest. So in general, mandates don't work. Now, there are occasions when mandates are so important that you need to enforce them. But in general, that's not a good government policy Mm -hmm. because all you do is you create a reaction that will defeat the purpose of the mandate. So recommendations. Recommendations can be tricky, and recommendations should be tailored to the illness or the problem that you're addressing. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, when it comes to COVID, it becomes very political. And uh, here in the state of Florida, the governor, Ron DeSantis, and the Surgeon General, Dr. Ladapo, had a press conference where they were specifically saying that they did not agree with the federal government and FDA approval of the products across the board. And so when we analyze that, we will find the middle ground that I believe is the right answer to the question that was addressed. Okay, so the government looked at the data for the Moderna and Pfizer bivalent COVID boosters. Bivalent means that they cover two different strains of the virus. And we know that right now the common strain of COVID is an Omicron strain. The virus is constantly changing, but we're still seeing Omicron-type virus cases throughout the, the country. And there's been a major uptick in these cases recently. So there are some concerns. So that's the bad news. The good news is that the Omicron strains in general tend to be less lethal than the original strain, which we call the wild-type strain, or some of the previous strains like the alpha strain or the delta strain. Mm -hmm. So that's good news. But even though it's less lethal, people can get really sick, and if you're vulnerable, you can die from this illness. So I'm applauding the fact that the FDA did recommend that the bivalent vaccine get approved, and then we get into the details of what the recommendations should look like. Again, I don't believe in a mandate, but the recommendation is that everybody over the age of six months should be a candidate for this vaccine. So just because everybody is a candidate for this vaccine doesn't mean that they should get it. And I congratulate Dr. Paul Offit, who was on the advisory committee, and he made a very sensible statement, which he says that for a lot of young people, a booster is probably not necessary. We know that in the younger populations, if you're basically healthy, that COVID tends to be a benign illness. Having said that, there may be circumstances, even in very young people, that would change that opinion. So, for example, if you're a young person that has really bad asthma, you probably want to get a vaccine. If you're somebody that has had some previous serious viral illnesses at a young age that caused hospitalization, you probably want to get a vaccine. If you're a young person 
and you're living with an older, vulnerable grandparent, you may want to get a vaccine. So there are circumstances. And uh, the, the safety of the vaccines was questioned. And the, the other side of the coin was that the people that are anti-vaccine will exaggerate the safety issues. Any, anything that we put in our body can cause a side effect, but fortunately, these vaccines are very, very safe. And the side effect profile is such that they can occasionally cause inflammatory conditions, including cardiac inflammation, most commonly pericarditis, which is an inflammation around the lining of the heart, but it is very rare, it's treatable, and it, it's almost never to the extent where people need to be hospitalized or worse. So let's not exaggerate that side effect and put that into the context of what the benefit is versus what the risk is. So again, in younger people, for most people, the, the, the vaccine booster is not required or not recommended, in my opinion, because their medical risk is low. And unless there's some sort of exposure risk that puts them in a, in a position where you don't want them to get sick and pass it along, then in general, the recommendation would be reasonable to err on the side of not vaccinating that person. On the other hand, once you get older, the, the complications of COVID can be devastating. And for those people, for example, people over 65, you should get a vaccine. There's no reason not to. Interestingly, people over 65 are less likely to have a side effect from the vaccine because they don't have as, as a vigorous of, of an inflammatory reaction to vaccines in general. So for those people, it's kind of a no-brainer that why wouldn't you get the vaccine and boost your immunity, especially a vaccine that's more up-to-date and covering the strains that are actually infecting people in the community. And then you have everybody else in between. Uh, so people, again, who are between um, you know the ages of infancy and 65 have a decision to make. And again, I would say this is based on your medical risk. People that are on the older end of that spectrum are going to be at higher risk than people at the younger end of that spectrum. People that have pre-existing conditions, uh, be it uh, lung disease or diabetes or other things that put you at high risk, are going to be at a point where they should more likely consider getting the vaccine versus people who are very healthy should be less likely to get the vaccine. Mm -hmm. And of course, your day-to-day uh, -day exposure elements are also important, including people who you're around. So you may not personally feel that you're at high risk, but if you're around people who are very, very high risk, you may want to think about being vaccinated. Sure. So the point of all this is that I think it's very dangerous for governments to say, we recommend the vaccine or we don't recommend the vaccine. What they should say is that we know certain things about the vaccine and the disease that you should know. And again, very simply, those things are, if you're at high medical risk, you can have very serious complications of COVID. If you're older, over age 65, you can have very significant complications of COVID. Uh, you can pass COVID along to somebody who is at higher risk than you are, so you should consider that. And again, your personal history is very important. So if you had side effects to vaccines or other things, well, maybe you err on the side of not taking it. And all these things should be done with medical people who you trust. So don't necessarily trust the government to tell you what to do with your healthcare. Trust your personal physicians, trust your uh, people in your life who are, have researched this, and trust other sources that are looking at this objectively. Thanks for joining the MedEvidence Podcast. To learn more, head over to medevidence.com or subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform.